Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back, humans of the world, to yet another episode of yet another podcast. Your boys, Sumit and Thanmit, we are back. What up, Sumit? What is going on, man? What is going on? This is probably going to be one of the more tougher episodes that me and you have done. Um, I'm both hesitant in starting this episode because um, this is a difficult conversation to have but I'm also looking forward to um, sharing this episode with you yeah um, because uh, I haven't had a chance to you know share all of my thoughts so freely and openly and and we talked about this last week when we celebrated our one year yap anniversary that uh one of the main reasons we do this podcast is one for me and you's sake because we get to um you know talk to each other openly and freely and record those conversations but also because we get to document uh our experiences right. um and so um for everybody out there that's listening, uh, we uh, thank you for your continued support. And before we even start, uh, we just want to say that uh, obviously it goes without saying that all the opinions in this episode are always solely the opinions of Summit and I. Uh, they don't belong to any other entities or groups or we don't represent anybody else but ourselves. Uh, with that being said, uh, the last, the past week or so has been a very challenging time um, for all Americans, um, and uh, more so, especially for Black Americans in this in this country. Um, it's been insane. If you've been living under a rock and you have no idea what we're talking about. Um, we're talking about the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, we're talking about the uh, the murder of George Floyd. We're talking about the murder of uh, Ahmaud Arbery, uh, Breonna Taylor. And uh, these are just ones that we've seen and the ones that have been exposed through viral videos. Uh, <laughs> racism in this country has run rampant for so long now um, that... It's finally reaching a, 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 a point where the people of this country are, are no longer willing to take it right. anymore. Yep. Uh, and that's where we are. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass it to you real quick. Uh, so as you mentioned, uh, uh, yeah, I got you. Uh, so as you mentioned, you know, this is a very difficult kind of topic to talk about. And not difficult in the sense that you know, it's it's hard to hear, although some of the facts and figures or whatever it is that we might share might be hard, a little bit hard to understand or difficult to accept. But th- this is the conversation that's absolutely necessary, right? And this is the type of conversation that leads to further uh, just expansion of your own knowledge. Maybe, you know, you'll learn something new that you may not have known before. And uh, yeah. maybe your outlook will change about something. Maybe it won't, you know, maybe we're the idiots. We're just like, you know, talking to each other and we're just like, you know, utilizing a platform but the thing is this we do have the platform and so you know yes i know you and i have both have had um thoughts and um kind of suggestions as to how we can go about going through and living through this type of um you know moment of time 
right? Yeah. Uh, a moment of history. And I, you know, <clears throat> like you, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've probably had all types of emotion and all types of thoughts go through my head uh, over the past few days, right? Even actually, I think just ever since I saw the video of that killing of the, mm. uh, George Floyd, you know, I knew that there was something, something was going to happen, right? It was just, maybe it's just the way 2020 has been going, I don't know, but, yeah. you know, you could just sense that, like, something in the air was definitely not going to go well. Like, something in the air gave you that impression that things weren't going to go well, but, yeah, and that's exactly what's happening, and it's, it's liberating to a point, but it's also a little bit scary to see the reality behind what's going on, because yeah, when we look... Uh, and it's not even just a hypothetical situation. Oh, when we look back on this in hi- history, mm-hmm. we can look back at history currently, right? Yeah. Look at the the uh, the freedom movement and civil the you know, black movement, and power yeah. movement, the civil rights movement that took place during the the 60s in this country, right? 50s and 60s with Martin Luther King Jr. Like, that's it's all there. We can study exactly the same scenario. Right. Right. 100%. And so when we are studying these situations and we look back and we say, hey, that was a tough time to be alive. Yeah. I hope that when we look back on this event, or this period of our lives in the future, when we happen to look back on it and study it as history, it's going to shake us the same way. We're going to say, how did we get past that? Right. Right. 100%. I, I want to touch on what you said um, earlier where you said that it is important for us to utilize our platform uh, and I want to start there I want to start with this 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 idea of social responsibility um, and and see where the conversation takes us uh, somebody that listens to our podcast regularly I would say uh, sent me a message and uh, said hey you know I listen to your podcast uh, and I hope that this week when you guys do your episode that you'll take this opportunity to uh, highlight what's happening. And, um, you know, it, it kind of hit me in a different way because uh, most likely me and you probably would have talked about this anyway because we normally talk about whatever's happening in the world. Yeah. Um, but uh, I never saw me and you as people that had quote unquote a platform you know i i I, nor did i recognize that and it was important for me to recognize that you know as small as a platform as it may be we may only have 10 listeners or 20 listeners but at the end of the day it is our social responsibility to use our platform to raise awareness to spread awareness to spread education uh and to encourage people uh to do their parts right and so one of the first things that i did um outside of having the conversation with you to to do this do this episode was also start utilizing our roots gear instagram page as a place as a platform where we we can uh where we can highlight resources and spread awareness and show solidarity right. so i think on i think it was saturday or sunday uh, we pretty much decided that we were going to stop posting all of our usual content and start posting content that was related to Black Lives Matter. So whether it was um, showing people that, hey, uh, we stand with Black Lives Matter, we stand with our black 
brothers and sisters or whether it was sharing where you can donate uh, or where you can sign petitions or where you can uh, call uh, your local officials or whatever it was. That's what we've started using our platform for till we feel like it's appropriate to go back to posting uh, business as usual content. Um, and what I realized is that once, once we have people and brands that start doing that, other brands and people realize that it's okay to do so and almost feel obligated to do it and they start doing it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the person that's not doing kind of looks like, you know, gets pointed out as, okay, listen, if you're not a racist, then you have no reason why you're not supporting this cause, basically. Right. Um, um, that... And so we saw a lot of that. And, and for me specifically, as somebody that owns a streetwear brand, um, I felt a very heavy obligation to make sure that I show my support for Black Lives Matter because black culture has not only been a big part of my personal life, but is a big part of streetwear culture. You know, black culture is one of the main contributors to streetwear culture. And you know if we partake in all things that are related to black culture the music the dance the uh the clothes the language everything um then it's just our civic duty Mm -hmm. to stand with the black community during this time you know what i mean that's the least we can do it's the absolute least we can do and that's what i highlighted in my in my post too i said the apps i know everybody feels helpless at this time because you know you're not sure what you can do you don't want to go out there and get tear gassed you're afraid you know you see a lot of shit in the news about like you know buildings on fire and looting and rioting and blah 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 or whatever and so you're not sure where to start um the least you could do is show up and you could show up in person. There's tons of uh, peaceful protests that are happening across the country. I just saw CNN posted something on Twitter saying that there's now 50 states. All 50 states have some sort of protests. Um, uh, Black Lives Matters, Black Lives Matter protests happening. Um, or you could show your support online through social media. Um, you could protest through social media, which is also something uh, that's powerful. Yeah. Um, and then I saw what I really saw and what I really loved seeing was um, other owners of streetwear brands, prominent streetwear brands showing up on, on Instagram and showing up in person at protests in their cities, in their communities, and uh, basically recognizing the movement and standing in solidarity with them. So we saw messages from Jeff Staple, who runs Staple Pigeon, uh, Sean Witherspoon. By the way, Sean Witherspoon owns Round 2 Hollywood. Uh, Round 2, I, th- I think they have one in Richmond as well. Uh, Round 2 is like the biggest, for people that don't know, um, uh, vintage slash reseller of streetwear and sneakers. And his entire store in Hollywood and RVA, both the stores, I believe, were ransacked completely uh, and destroyed. And he still posted. And by the way, Sean Witherspoon's a white guy. Um, he still posted uh, on Instagram showing his solidarity for Black Lives Matter, which I thought was s- such a 
such a just a respectful thing to do and, and you know I, like he earned so much more of my respect um same goes for bobby hundreds bobby hundreds owns the hundreds store which is also in fairfax in la uh and i don't believe their store was was uh destroyed or ransacked or looted but he still came out and uh some of the shit he said was so powerful he's like you can bring the fire to our doorsteps like this temporary pain is something that i don't care about you know the there's a much larger issue at hand here um and that kind of brings up this discussion that's been happening which is kind of dividing the country i would say uh is uh the media is portraying a lot of rioting and looting and yeah. and burning of things or whatever and a lot of people get lost in that uh have you heard yeah i'm sure you've been hearing more and more about this um yeah. what what are your what are your thoughts on I want to know what you think so, uh, because I, I don't know entirely where where so you stand on that. I mentioned uh, earlier that like I had a lot of thoughts going through my head, right? So I was like, I'm one of those people I need to write shit down. Yeah. So I wrote down like essentially a statement that I'll just share now because I think you know it's a good a good place to just kind of do that, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, um, we are currently in a state of pursuit, pursuit of racial equality, pursuit of true freedom, and pursuit of justice. You know, this is not black people versus the police or the establishment. We're experiencing humanity versus racist racism against black people. Let there be no mistake, though. We are experiencing a revolution, right? One that has been brewing for generations. However, too many people are seeing violence, criminal acts in the form of looting and vandalism and other chaotic scenes depicted in the media. I have seen my fair share of discussing things through all these demonstrations. Let me clarify, though. The disgust I have is towards the government and large corporations unable to recognize and acknowledge acknowledge that change must be made. It is not an option. It must happen. Mm -hmm. I have disgust for those who have taken to the streets to join the protest as a means for a photo op or content for social media, not because they align with the movement. You know, those who want to show that they are a good person, but not actually be a good person. Those who are out there peacefully protesting, having their voices heard, are being undermined by the looters and criminals. The attention is being taken away from the millions of strong Americans who are fighting for change and being placed in or and being placed on opportunistic folks looting from local businesses. Many of which employed these very citizens that are protesting peacefully. Many of these businesses are run by immigrants and who empathize with the struggle. Looters and criminals, the message I want to convey to you is that you are quite literally eliminating the possibility of equality or justice to be attained by allowing the violence to be associated with a much more meaningful movement than robbing luxury stores and mom and pop shops. Celebrities and influencers need to step up. You all contribute to the shaping of what's acceptable within society and what is not. It is not enough to release statements condemning certain acts. It is not enough to donate to bail funds. It is not enough to sit back quietly and not participate in calling out oppressors. This is not a PR opportunity. Do more. To the quote-unquote all lives matter movement, fuck you. To anyone who disagrees with what black people are fighting for in this country, fuck you. If you're a racist, fuck you. You are the problem. That's it. Damn. That's... Very powerful, man. I'm glad you got an opportunity to write that out because it definitely helps to 
um, to write out what you're feeling. There, there's just been so much brewing in everybody's heads during this time that it's hard to it's hard to process everything. You yeah. know, you're the the it, it's a sensory overload trying to process everything. But uh, I'm not here to um, share my uh, discomfort uh, that has nothing that has no comparison to what black people are going through in this country. Um, I, I would like to say one thing though, and and I tweeted about it as well. Mm-hmm. Which, if you if you follow me, I'm very active on Twitter these days. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, rioting and looting is uh, is a side effect of a much much larger problem that this country is facing, similar to how police brutality is a side effect of the same exact much much larger issue right uh i I say that to say this i can't condone um i can't condone rioting or looting right but i but i understand it 100 percent 1000 percent i understand it i'm not them so i don't know what it's like to get to that breaking point in my life to get to that level of frustration where i'm like breaking shit and putting shit on fire is the only shit that makes sense right now i'm not there because i'm not them you know what i mean um uh, not not to draw comparisons, but like you can you can see that in other parts of the world during other times in history as well. You know what I mean? When when uh, any other minority in any other part of the world got so frustrated and so exhausted with the way things were being run that they straight up destroyed everything that existed. You know what I mean? Um, I saw somebody talk about how during the civil rights movement the the damage that the the civil rights movement caused uh, was in like the millions and millions tens of millions of dollars and so you know uh i i i like i said i can't condone the violence because I'm not them, but I understand it 100%. And so I'm not somebody that's going to go out and be like, well, looting and rioting is stupid and it's counterproductive or whatever. Who am I to tell them, you know, how to behave? Because I'm not them. You know what I mean? Like if I was pushed to that, if I was pushed to the edge to that point in my life, who knows? Maybe I would behave that way too. You know what I mean? And so I can't really sit here and try and and say you know what looting and rioting is is not appropriate right now please stop doing that or whatever but, but the thing um, is you, you mentioned it yourself that it's a side effect so side effect means like it happens as a result of something else right yes but the thing is that the people who are looting and rioting most of them are not actually associated with the protests there, so there are yes, that that is a very like sort of gray area where nobody's really sure who or if it's one specific group or or who is it that's doing the rioting and looting. There are, you do hear uh, on, on Twitter, you do hear um, a lot of people saying shit like, oh, uh, you know, we have peaceful protests all day long and then out of nowhere, you know, a different group comes out at night that, you know, is not necessarily aligned with the movement or is, you know, trying to incite violence or whatever, and they start shit that, you know, nobody's asking. I remember, so I was at the D.C. protest on Sunday, 
And in Sunday in front of the White House, there's a police line and there's protests. And we had I was there for about four hours and it was a peaceful protest and everything was going fine. And then every now and then there would be somebody random chugging a water bottle at the police line or uh, throwing something random at, across across to towards the police or whatever. And uh, this white kid actually uh, was standing not too far from me. He threw a bottle, like just launched a bottle into the air towards the police. And there was like five or ten black people around him that straight up turned around and started yelling at him and started screaming at him because they were like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you know what I mean? Like when they come out with tear gas and rubber bullets, they're coming for us, not your white ass. So like. Don't do this shit. So I guess that that anecdote is somewhat of a uh, somewhat of a uh, perspective on maybe the rioting and looting is happening by people that are not uh, aligned with the movement. I don't know for sure. All I know is even if it was black people that was doing it, I understand why. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm, S- I'm similar not, to like, yeah, I'm not similar to like, you know. That. Yeah, similar to like six in post nineteen eighty four. You know, um, uh, did whatever. What you know, you get pushed to the edge so far that they they burned cities to the ground because they were like, "Yo, fuck this place!" Like, we're not taking this shit anymore. And at that point, you don't see whether it's a Montclair store or if it's a mom and pop shop. You know what I mean? At that point, like, unfortunately the anger and the frustration gets so intense that everything sort of gets blurred out, if that makes sense. But how many people's first or initial reaction or response to that type of emotion is to go steal something? You know what I mean? Like, it's one thing to break stuff. I get that. Fine, right? Yeah. But it's not, it doesn't stop there. It's literally going in, looking at inventory, picking things out of there, and then walking out with them. Like you just I, did Black Friday shopping. You know what I mean? I, I just don't, I don't know. I just don't think it's that black and white. You know what I mean? I, I just don't think it's that black and white. And I, I think, think about it from this perspective. Like even if it is a black person that's doing that, it, your whole life has been stacked up against you. You know what I mean? The whole system is stacked against you. And you spent your whole life feeling like a second class citizen. And you get this one window of opportunity where you're like, I'm going to steal a phone or I'm going to steal an iPad or I'm going to steal some expensive sneakers or whatever. And that shit is only worth a few hundred dollars. And at that point, they must feel like, holy shit, like I today I took something back from the system. Like today I won just a little bit. This is a small win for me because the system has done so much fucked up shit to me for so long that we're getting very close to condoning theft (laughs) (laughs) look like i said i don't i don't condone it i can't condone it but i understand it 100 percent i i i can't i can't say i can't say hey the looting is bad I, I can only say, you know what? If that's what makes sense to you, then that's what makes sense yeah, but, to you. Okay, that's so, I would, I, so I, I'm going to... I saw a video earlier today. I think it was on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. And it was similar to what you mentioned, right? Except the difference was... So this was in New York. Um, it was during one of the earlier protests that happened yesterday. 
Yeah. There's a bunch of like a group of people walking together. Somebody was recording video on their phone, and that is the video that I saw. So they're recording. You know, they're seeing all these people walk around. You know, people are chanting all that. It's it looks like a solid protest, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, the camera turns around. Like the the camera man turns around to face the like the direction that people are walking in, and there's a white dude who's also recording on his phone. Yeah. He's got a mask on, bandana on his on his face, right? And he goes, yo, could you guys help me flip that car over? Mm. So this dude got caught on video saying, can you go help me flip this car over? So, I saw this video so, and the black people were like, no. Yeah, like, dude, what the hell are you talking about? Get out of here. Yeah. And then, you know, the, he ran away because he, he got scared. So there yeah, are yeah. agitators that are also involved in the protest 100%. that are creating 100%. and sparking further, like, the, the violence, the just, I don't know, like, the disruption, I guess, is what they're going for. But... Look, I, I think I understand. there's so many different things happening with the protests. It's not just, you know, protests, rioting, looting. That's, it doesn't stop there, right? There's a yeah. lot more going on. And that is another, you know, side effect of, of the situation. There's way too many people providing their opinions on things, right? There's not enough people, to me at least, on social media today was the first day that I saw that people were unified. Right by posting right. the all black screens or whatever, all yeah. it did was. I want to and I want to talk yeah. about that for and, a second. Yeah. All it did really to me in my mind was prove that you know there is solidarity, but and we mentioned this on a previous episode, my skepticism, right? Yeah. How many of these people that are posting the black screen are doing it because they actually believe in the cause versus they're just seeing everybody else do it? They don't want to feel left out, right? One hundred percent. Yeah. And and that also touches on something I mentioned in, in the statement that I made earlier that there's I've seen videos of like literally white girls going out taking pictures in front of stores that have been looted just yeah. so they can post it on their social media yeah right uh, let, let's talk about the black squares for a second yeah. because uh, um, to me um, l- let's talk about the I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna I'm gonna back backtrack onto what the origins of the of the of the uh, black square was and whatnot the blackout tuesday thing was quite possibly the most uh hurtful thing we could have done for ourselves uh as as people that are protesting as people that are demanding equality because uh because of uh, unfortunately it came at a very wrong time um and it was very sort of loosey goosey not really uh, the instructions weren't clear yeah. so to speak right so l- let's backtrack uh there were two artists i believe that started uh, this message of hey on tuesday what we're going to do is we're going to take down or make unavailable all our music on YouTube and uh, turn off our Spotify's and things like that. So the, the, it started as this initiative by artists to encourage other artists and musicians and influencers and brands to say, shut the fuck up for today and let today be about Black, Black Lives Matter and basically turn off all your usual content so that uh, the algorithm can make room for the Black Lives Matter movement. That was the intention. Right. Okay. What ended up happening is when 
all all the regular users saw black squares being posted out uh, being posted by people with no real explanation with just the hashtag blackout tuesday they automatically caught on to it thinking it was a trend thinking oh this is in solidarity so let me do it too so now you had people that were not brands not artists not musicians not influencers people that never fucking post on instagram <laughs> usually come out with this black square with hashtag blackout tuesday Here's the issue. That would have been great on any other day when we were just trying to show solidarity. That would have been great. But here's the issue. The issue is today is one of the major voting days. Today is uh, uh, primary election day in a lot of states, including where I live in Maryland and so also in Pennsylvania and other places. And all the propaganda and all the sort of marketing and stuff that would have normally been seen by young people about, hey, today's the fucking day to make sure you mail in your ballot or today's the day to make sure you go and fucking vote got lost because as soon as you logged on today, all you saw was black screens and, and, and black images all over your feed. And so you missed. So two, two things were hurt. One, voting was hurt, hurt. Like, you know what I mean? Like voting definitely suffered today because of that. Two... People were also mistakenly hashtagging Black Lives Matter. And so now when, when you went to go search for Black Lives Matter, the entire fucking hashtag is all black. And you lost people posting videos of what's happening, people posting resources of where you can go get bail bonds and where to donate and things like that. So it's unfortunate that it happened like like you said, it was kind of cool to see the solidarity. I was I was somewhat uh, taken back by it and inspired, especially because a lot of who I follow is a lot of South Asians and a lot of South Asian brands. And so it was really cool to see that many South Asians come together and stand in, quote unquote, stand in solidarity. Right. Even if it even if it didn't have much depth to it. But I also saw saw how that hurt the movement today i hope that people will take down their black squares uh today tonight tomorrow whatever and and continue to start posting resources and continue to start posting other things um but that was that was just uh it was so unfortunate and it felt so awful i felt so bad i was like so all day i was like panic tweeting and panic fucking sharing on instagram like please yeah. stop stop forget about the fucking black square like make sure you vote today because at the end of the day like here's the thing what the least thing you could do is show up right if the least you could do is show up the most you could do or something more you could do is 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 vote yeah and affect change you yeah. know what i mean like what are we asking for we're asking for the system to change we're asking for real reform police reform like we want police to be trained better on how to be unbiased we want police officers to come from more educated backgrounds we want police officers that are from the community to be the ones that work in the community you know yeah. what i mean like does it make sense for a person that grew up in you know fucking um 
a, a, a affluent neighborhood to become a cop and then go serve in inner city, like it doesn't make sense because he has no relatability to the community there. Yeah. And and that's when that's what's happening. You're seeing police brutality because not enough police departments and not enough cities and towns and chiefs and whatnot are going to their local communities and saying, hey, kids, this is a police officer. This is a dignified career. Yeah. This pays this much money. If you do this, this, and this, you can become a cop. Yeah. Imagine that. Like That's what we're really fighting for. We're fighting for police reform over time. Um, and I have thoughts on how you make that happen at a faster rate. I have ideas. I want to hear. Now, I don't know if they're the right ideas now. Obviously, I'm no <laughs> professional or expert in this in this field at all. Yeah. But I would assume like there's some logic that goes into deciding, you know, how you inflect change, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, my idea has to do with one kind of very simple thought. Now, if you think about a cop, right? What is this, yeah. the general story or stereotypical story of, of a cop, right? Somebody who was bullied in high school or or, or as a as a child and now has become this like position of power or has attained this position of power quote unquote that's a common stereotype yes it's a stereotype right right why is it that it seems like most of the cops that are cops this was their backup option as a career right this was their fallback Mm. right either they tried to pursue something else or they had no nothing else going for them and then this was like the equivalent of like you know when kids don't always want to go to college they sign up for the military essentially right like it's a similar idea because it's easier because the you know you don't need a you don't need uh i don't even think you need a bachelor's degree i think you just need to go to the academy and a lot of them just end up going to academy right after getting a high school diploma yeah Um, i'm pretty sure the bar is very low i think you just cannot have been convicted of a a felony prior something like that right right. so along with that right we have to make it seem like why is this the backup option? Let's let's just focus on that issue first, right? Yeah. So there needs to be um, a reform in terms of who they're accepting into the force, right? Yes. If they're, if you are in a position of law enforcement, there's no room for anybody to potentially be a quote unquote bad cop, right? Or have polarizing yeah. views on like how to police and what to police or when to police, right? Right. Um, the other thing is make the job more attractive. How do you do that? You pay more, yeah. right? Figure out yeah. a way, pay, figure out a system to get these cops who are quite literally putting their lives on the line as well yeah, to get paid more. Because what then yeah. happens is it makes them more incentivized to want to keep that job and do good yeah. at that job, right? 100%. And I think there are things economically or politically that could be addressed in this, in this situation to at least cause some type of reform in the policing industry yeah. or and to whatever. add to that to add to that another thing they could do is in, in you know instate some sort of zero tolerance policy like hey if you use excessive force like that's it we're demoting you or or you're fucking getting suspended without pay or you're fucking getting fired like it it has to come from the higher ups you know what i mean like the chiefs and the commissioners have to start Instating a zero tolerance policy for brutality right. for excessive force, and, and the other thing is, if you, if you do become a cop, let's say you're this quote unquote good cop, but you're seeing all the bad cops do everything that they're doing, 
you have yeah. to you have to voice that you have to speak up and stop that because it's detrimental to you because look at what's happening in the streets from the violence yeah. perspective sometimes yeah. also by the way sometimes a lot of these riots are being provoked by police i literally quite literally saw a video of 100%. a bunch of cops just roll up on a bunch of people and start pushing people around for no reason 100 percent, man and, and and here's why that happens like here's why tensions always get high protesters show up to protest with literally handmade signs and, and banners and pieces of paper and, and noisemakers that's what protesters show up to and then when they show up they're faced with police in riot gear yeah. with batons and rubber bullets and uh tear gas and and mace you know what i mean so yes that is a perfect recipe for disaster because the moment anything goes wrong like cops are humans too you know what i mean like they're gonna get provoked yeah. and there's always gonna be somebody that's gonna try and provoke them yeah uh, and i experienced this firsthand like i experienced this firsthand in dc on sunday where you know everyone's sort of doing what they're supposed to be doing which is protesting and then there's always somebody like i even saw a video on twitter there's always somebody that's like oh let me go really up close to the cop and videotape him with my phone his badge number and like you know what i mean like yeah. I, I hate having to criticize people about this because i know this is not my fight all i could do is show my solidarity and be an ally but like if you provoke them, they will respond because they're just hum just as human as you are. You know what I yeah. mean? But they came for a fight. They, you know what I mean? You know how they say like, "Don't show up to a gunfight with don't show up with a gun to a knife fight." Like that's exactly what's happening. Like protesters are showing up and cops are showing up with guns, yeah. and um, tensions run high and people get exhausted and people get bored and people want to see something happen and. People are like, oh, how can we make this protest more exciting? Maybe we need to, you know, do shit. With so it's it's tricky, man. It's all so tricky um, in, in the world of cancel culture where we live in today. Like literally like everyone is one tweet away from being canceled. You know, what I mean, you say yeah. one wrong thing or one wrong sentence and, and boom, you're done. Like it, it, it's insane. But it's not as black and white as people want to see it obviously like um there's so much that happens at protests there's so much that happens in the streets yeah. there's people that are trying to instigate violence uh when majority of the protesters are not there's people i saw a video where where somebody said that cops came and dropped off a ton of bricks somewhere for yeah. no reason. I was like, what the fuck? I've like, seen a bunch of those like, videos. I've actually seen a video of cops taking bricks all out of a uh, pickup truck. Wow. In, like, in uniform. Insane. Yeah. But it's, it's crazy, man. To kind of comment on what you, what you mentioned, I think one of the things that I'm awaiting to see during this whole movement or this you know series of protests is kind of a singular figure to emerge as like a leader and, and the voice to unify the people right because i think mm -hmm. it it, it needs to be unified it needs to be there needs to be a constant singular message that's being shared equally and, and unequivocally right like everybody should, should know exactly what is happening at all times no matter what yeah. right and, and that right. is the problem with having like these agitators and interrupters who are involved in the on, on the right side of the protest quote unquote 
yeah. but are not acting the right way, right? And it's causing, yeah. it's, it's like I said, it's, it's a detriment. It's undermining the efforts. It's taking away from right. the attention that's required and necessary to be able to give the movement the right and due like, process, right. right? And so it's just there is there needs to be that leadership, right? And on the other I hand... I understand that, yeah. On the other hand, we do have quote-unquote leadership in the country and in the form of the president, right? How many of these instances or how much violence must be seen and how much unrest must there be before the government says, you know what, maybe there needs to be a change, right? But they won't do it. So what do we do? We change the government, right? I mean, we keep fighting, man. And that's, that's where that's voting comes way. in. Yeah, 100%. Right? Vote um, your conscience, but understand that your votes, they carry a lot of weight. Yeah. Right? Your voices carry a lot of weight, but your voice carry your votes make it official. 100%. I agree. Uh, and, and that's that's a message to South Asian people that if you're listening, uh, especially American citizens, uh, you know, if you feel helpless and you can't figure out what to do, uh, number one thing you could do is show up, uh, stand in solidarity and let your black brothers and sisters, let the black community know that they're not alone. Um, I've seen two very good examples of that. Um, in the last three days, uh, the first was a, uh, restaurant, I, I believe in Michigan that was, um, uh, attacked or whatever by protesters and the restaurant owner was a Desi guy and he basically said he, he, he came out and basically said the same thing similar to what Sean Witherspoon said he said you know this damage is temporary but what's going on in this country is unjust and unfair and needs to change and I'm I'm not at all uh, hurt by uh, this destruction and in fact he ended up turning his restaurant into a, uh, a spot where people can come uh, if they've been maced if they've been affected by tear hit by tear gas or whatever and they can be treated it's sort of like a mini medical uh, camp you could say um, so I've seen that and secondly uh, in DC last night uh, after the curfew started protesters were being chased by dc police and uh, being tear gassed and being shot at with rubber bullets and stuff and uh this 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 guy by the name of rahul dube uh he's an indian man uh lives in dc he opened his doors and let 70 protesters into his house and gave them shelter for the night for the whole night 70 protesters lived at his house um, and he, he, he make sure he made sure that they were safe. Uh, so number one thing you could do is show up and show your solidarity. Number two thing you could do is go out there and fucking vote. If you're not voting, then, you know, the fuck are you doing? Like, honestly, yeah. if you're not fucking voting, you can't complain about shit. Doing. If you're not out there, voting. don't complain about shit. If you're not out there voting. Uh, and, and, and thirdly, uh, I, I think this is another important thing that South Asian people could do is have these conversations with people in your community. Yep. Have these conversations starting with your families. Have these conversations with your parents. Uh, these are really difficult conversations to have. It, trying to explain to your parents why... Um, 
Black Lives Matter and what's going on in the country, and because all they're seeing is the destruction and the violence, and 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 the rioting and the looting, because that's all the media is out there showing people, right? right. So that's all they're taking in. Um, so you need to have these conversations with your family, and 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 your communities at large. Have these conversations with people at your temple, at your church, at your gurdwara, at your masjid, uh, whatever it is, um, at your mat excuse me, at your Mondays, like have these conversations with those people in your community so that next time, uh, you know, when it's time to protest, to show up at a protest, you show up in larger numbers. Like imagine that, you know what I mean? Like imagine uh, six show up to Black Lives Matter protests in the hundreds. Imagine that, you know, imagine Kashmiris showing up and Muslims showing up and, and Hindus showing up to these protests in, in large numbers. Like, that solidarity would be so powerful. Um, so South Asians, if you're out there listening, like these are things you could do is, is show up and show your solidarity, go fucking vote and, and start having these conversations with people in your life, whether they're your, whether it's your family unit or it's your community, your local community, um, so that everyone can be made aware of what's happening. I want to go back one second to what you said earlier about the Black Lives Movement not having strong leadership or a single leader emerging from this movement. Uh, and I was having this discussion with, uh, uh, with one of my friends uh, earlier. We were talking about, you know, this sort of mess that happened with Blackout Tuesday. And I was like, well, that, that's happening because the Black Lives Matter movement is a fairly young movement. Right. Uh, it's only a few years old, I would say, um, compared to, say, for example, like the gay movement, right? Like in America, that movement has been around for a very long time. Like people show up in very large numbers and solidarity and support. It took years for the gay community in America to, uh, you know, achieve equal rights and things like that. Um, and they did that through lots of organized demonstration, through lots of organized protests. Uh, a lot of the protests that are happening right now are all unorganized. Uh, they're not, you know, um, th there's not a lot of planning that goes in. There's not, it's all sort of just happening, you know, in the heat of the moment. Um, so I think over the years, as... As this movement grows and it picks up steam and it picks up more followers and it picks up more allies and picks up, you know, uh, more steam, I, I think we're going to start seeing real change come about. Uh, but you're right. Uh, there is no sort of one specific leader that's uh, that's emerging from all this because the movement is very young still. Right. It's, it's still a very young movement. Um, what else? Uh did we so it's, say it's, everything? It's kind of interesting at the, like, the timing of everything happening with these protests and all that, right? Because yeah. uh, for us, you know, as six, we're also dealing with the anniversary of, you know, Operation Blue Star and the riots in Delhi and all that, right? So, yeah. Or was it just Operation Blue, Blue Star? Yeah, riots say happened that later. Again? We're, we're, yeah. we're, you know, this is the anniversary of Operation Blue Star. And, you right. know, for as six, we understand what it means to be the oppressed folk right we understand what it means to be attacked and targeted um, yes and, and so it, it just to me it seems like it's it's kind of odd that there's an overlap 
between like the movements on the Black Lives Matter side is, and then going back to like our history and being yeah. able to relate to that kind of struggle. I feel like, but um, yeah, uh, it yeah, it is. It all of this is happening at an interesting time. If you think about just the timing of all of this, first of all, we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Yeah. So like that didn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> that that didn't disappear, even though even though Dick Stain tweeted out that oh. Uh, immune vaccine is coming soon or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe a fucking word he says. Wait, uh, who is this? Dick Stain. That's that? my favorite name for him because uh, uh, um, Trump. Because oh. uh, <laughs> that guy, Michael, uh, what's his last name? Rappert? Report? Report? Uh, he's a comedian. Oh, Rappaport. Uh, white com- yeah, Rappaport. That's how he pronounced his last name. <laughs> I could never pronounce his last name. But anyway, um, yeah, he calls him Dick Stain all the time, and I just love that so much that I, I've, I'm starting to. It's my favorite curse word now. Is no, Dick I, mean, I would have imagined it was about him, but you know, these days you can never be sure which yeah. Dick Stain he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So the timing of it all is all crazy. Uh, that you know the this is all happening in the middle of a pandemic. It's also the first, also it is the 36th anniversary of operation blue star. Uh, the, uh, genocide of six at, at the hands of the Indian government. Uh, what's crazy is, uh, I think it was yesterday on Twitter. Never forget. 1984 was actually trending, which is fucking awesome. I don't think that's ever happened before. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, somebody out there, but I don't think that's ever happened before, but I thought that was fucking amazing. Um, and it's also the starting of pride month. Like that's also happening. I don't know how much relevance there is to that, but that's happening also. Uh, the, um, was that, there was one thing I wanted to say. I forgot what I want to say. There was one, one, one last thing I really wanted to say. Um, forget it. Maybe, Maybe if I remember it, I'll come back to it. Um, God bless you. <laughs> um, you good? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. You think really um, hard? Yeah. Um, it's it's really inspiring to see um, people all over the world protesting. Uh, there's protests in England, in Australia, right. in France, in Denmark, in New Zealand, um, everywhere. Um, that's so the thing, that, man. That this is, is really this is not like a, an American issue, right? Yeah, America it's has not. its history, but yeah. racism exists all over the world, and racism yeah. against black people also exists all over the world. Yeah, and it's crazy, man. It's just like, I, and I was talking to somebody. I was like, look, if this is the moment now, if change doesn't come out of this, I don't know when change will ever happen. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't know if it will, you know, like uh, right now, the protesters are demanding, the movement is demanding uh, uh, that the three other officers that were at the scene of George Floyd's murder be charged as well. That seems like a very easy thing to do. It's like, hey, they're an accessory to a murder. The guy was literally standing right next to his cop friend while this dude was murdering George Floyd right. and he could have easily turned around and said that's enough and he could have easily said that hey we're going to take him into custody now or we're going to 
arrest him actually and put him in handcuffs and put him in the back of the vehicle. None of that. Eight fucking minutes. Eight fucking minutes and 46 fucking seconds went by. And this dude, this dude did not do shit. Uh, apparently that cop has fled uh, Minnesota, by the way. He's arrested. Um, who? The cop. Not, not the oh, cop. The other cop? Not the that Chinese one. cop? The other, yeah, the Asian cop. We don't know if he's Chinese. <laughs> I thought somebody had said that he was Chinese. I okay, don't quote me on it. It's not an opinion. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah. Um, I mean, I would imagine so. But did you hear about the cop, Derek Chauvin, who's the one who actually killed George yeah. Floyd? His yeah. wife divorced him. Really? Yeah. Wow. She like delivered awesome. him divorce papers like immediately after this happened. That's awesome. And Close to her, man. this is the shit that really pisses me off is they knew each other. The cop and George Floyd. For 17 years, they worked together as bouncers wow. at the same restaurant. So it makes wow. you think, man. It's like, was this on some level premeditated? Who knows? Could be. Right? Yeah, could be. I don't know. Um, it's like, insane. To say it's somebody died over the an alleged forged $20 bill on top of that. It's 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 a hard pill to swallow, man. It is really tough, and and you know what? But it's not like I I think George Floyd was the was the the final straw that broke the camel's back. I was just gonna say that. It's it's been too many of them. Uh, Fucking George Zimmerman. Let's not forget George Zimmerman is out running free right now because he was found not guilty of murdering Trayvon Martin. Right. Uh, let's not forget about Sandra Bland. Let's not forget about Breonna Taylor. Breonna Taylor's killers are still running free. Nobody has been charged as of yet. Uh, let's not forget about uh, uh, Ahmaud Arbery, which was what last month. Uh, it wasn't even that long ago, you know. So. Yeah, this this is all. It's been happening for so long, and um, people are sick of it. People are sick of it. People are fed up. Um, I want to like shout out to the celebrities that are showing up to protest and not making it a photo op. People like J Cole. People like um, Tory Lanez. People like uh, I saw. Uh, Ariana Grande showed up to a protest. I sh- I saw um, uh, uh, Meek Mill. I saw, geez, so many. Uh, I forget the the other ones that I saw recently. But shout out to those people that are showing up. Denzel Washington was another one. Yeah. Uh, shout out to those people that are showing up to these protests. Um, what's his name? The the famous uh, YouTuber is it Jake Paul or Logan Paul or Jake Logan, Logan Paul, Joe. They're, they're brothers. They're both famous YouTubers. They're using their platform, so kudos to them for, for using their platform. Uh, to Jake Paul was getting some heat the other day because he was in the was middle of a mall that was being looted at the same time, and he got it all on video. And so oh, like people okay. automatically assume that because it's Jake Paul, he has a bad like reputation with doing stupid shit like that. That he was, that he was part of lo- the looting as well, but it, it's become very clear that he was not involved. He just happened to be there. But right, you know right, why right. be there at all is kind of the question. But anyway, long story short, yeah. there are to your to your point that there are people out there utilizing their platform correctly. Logan Paul, his brother, uh, I was watching yeah. his podcast earlier today. He yeah. said that he'll be out in L.A. 
you know, during the protest as well and participating, right. you know, because he feels right. like this is his opportunity to utilize his platform as well. That's how we feel. Um, yeah. You know, so the, I guess the to summarize this, this conversation is w- what's happening is happening. The, the movement will grow. The movement will f- will find a steady pace and as well as, uh, you know, find a, a way to unify and have a solid single message. Um, right. But in the meantime, what can you do, right? We talked about voting, having conversations, the tough conversations with your family and friends, right? Educating showing the up. people around you, showing up, showing other black businesses support, the smaller ones especially. Right. Uh, doing pretty much all you can to just be there as, you know, a friend, really, right? To, to, 100%, to a group of people. Yeah. Because tomorrow when we need somebody else's shoulder to lean on for whatever reason, that's one more shoulder that we can rely on. That's what I was going to talk about that I had forgot about earlier is is I, I feel like brown people, especially South Asians in this community, um, you need to stand up and take a stand because um, you have no idea tomorrow or day after or next year and five years and 10 years at any given point, it could be us. Not to say that you know you should only show solidarity because you're scared that it's going to be you next, but because it's the right thing to do, uh, and because uh, the uh, the other thing that I I think uh, brown people are having trouble um, uh, figuring out is that brown people have a lot of privilege in this country. Uh, I, I saw a lot of people try and compare struggles like oh you know like we get bullied too and like you know uh like we get profiled too and this that and the other like sure yes brown people have their share of shit that we deal with is in in this country but make no fucking mistake at all like it is nothing at all compared to what it's like to be black in this country like at all it's not Please don't try and compare the brown struggle in America to what it's like for black people in America. It, it's completely day and night, like 100%. Um, we we came to this country because there were opportunities for us because the U.S. opened its borders and invited people from India to come take jobs in IT and in the medical professional and engineering and all this, and, and law and all this shit. Um, that is not anything like the way black people came to this country. And we have been awarded a a lot more privilege than, than black folks have. And we have done very little compared to black people to build up this country. So now is the time to use our brown privilege to stand with the people uh, of this country. Um, and and I know that's that's like a hard pill to swallow for, especially like our brown parents who, you know, the 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 quintessential stories are I came to this country with twenty dollars and I built everything on my own, blah blah blah. And so, what happens is, brown people, especially our older generation, ends up having this almost master slave mentality. I want to say, where they feel like they don't want to do anything that goes against the master's saying you know they they don't want to do anything that goes against uh what the government is saying because they feel obligated they feel obli- they feel in debt almost you know what i mean yeah. i think it, co- um, it comes from or it stems from you know being ruled by the british for so long, so many years <laughs> 100% that that's colonization at play 100% like uh 
you're, you're, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Um, but going back to what you were saying about what a crazy time it is with all the shit that's happening, uh, you know, just to switch gears for a second, on, on one side we have, you know, America literally on fire uh, and black people and, and, and their allies fighting for justice and equality. Uh, on the other hand, you have people in the Punjabi music industry uh, that ha- are facing some serious uh, domestic violence allegations, accusations, I guess is the right word. Yeah. Um, and people, women are basically saying that, um, you know, uh, um, what am I trying to say here? That this dude basically uh, beat his wife. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Dilpreet Dillo. Dilpreet Dillo, that guy, right? I don't really know his music. I, I know I know the one song he did with Mickey, and that's the only thing I know him from. Uh, but yeah, do you want to talk more about that? Are you uh, have you been? I haven't yeah. had the chance to actually watch all the stuff you sent me on Instagram. Yeah, so essentially, I, I think at this point, those who kind of follow the Punjabi music industry even a little bit are, are relatively aware of uh, what's been going on around Dilpreet Dillo. So he's a married man. He's been married. I don't know how long he's been married, but uh, I believe his he and his wife live here, right? They have a house here. In uh, America? In America. Okay. So he got married. I think his wife is about 22, 23 years old. And Damn, that's young. I, I don't necessarily know the timeline, like... There's five women who have come forward uh, at this point. Yeah, five women who have come forward and either claim that they've had a relationship with him while he was in another relationship or while he was married. Uh, the domestic violence thing I don't think happened with all of them, but it, uh-huh. there was elements of like abuse that had, had come up with some of the victims, I believe. Um, and the last victim was... I wouldn't necessarily call her a victim because she's not really denying or like taking ownership of what happened. Um, yeah. But essentially, he had an affair with some 45 year old mom who has a 23 okay. year old daughter. Oh, shit. Right? That was, that's like the more recent one. And, you know, that, that name, her name has been out there for quite some time, Masha Gill. Um, okay. Right. So, throughout all of this, you know, there's been instances between in his relationship with his wife where, you know, there's been some level of abuse. There's been, like, physical abuse. There's obviously been mental and emotional abuse. And now she's speaking out because she's realized that he's been cheating on her numerous times with all these different women. And she's basically calling him out on it on social media. And so yeah. this has become part of, like, this, you know, Me Too movement type of type of deal where... He, he's doing all this he's not saying anything he's not acknowledging it and now the women are coming forward and saying this, these are the things that have happened to them because of him right and mm-hmm. he did go on I think Instagram live last night this morning something like that whatever India time or wherever he is oh he did okay yeah this idiot and what did he say yeah not once did he acknowledge you know anything outside of the domestic violence he never you know acknowledged like the cheating thing he never really acknowledged like there were certain details that had been brought up by certain women that he just never touched yeah. on right and then he to me at least he was making this like crying face an attempt at crying like he was sniffling and, like you know touching his eyes every now and then right like 
to try mm. to make it seem like he's crying, but not once did he shed a single tear. Did not once did a tear mm. come out of his eyeballs, right? Yeah. So it Wow. There, it just seemed like it was very fake and very forced and it's just like, you know, one of those things that he's trying to do to save his career as an artist. Now like you mentioned, I don't really know his music that well. The few songs that I had heard in the past, and not even the Mickey one, but the yeah. ones that I'd heard in the past, all shit. So I never <laughs> gave him. I never gave him any like yeah. streams or plays or whatever. Like I even checked yeah. my uh, Punjabi playlist that I have on Spotify and just did a search for his name. Nothing came up. So I, I was like, all right, <laughs> I never supported this douchebag, right? It's like important, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, and so part of this conversation is that it's not just the fact that, you know, this domestic violence situation occurred and has become public because he's a public figure. It has to do with the fact that part of the industry and part of the people who are involved in the industry, they believe that these th- kinds of things are, quote unquote, OK. Right. Mm. Or it's, you know, that I, behavior is acceptable. Th- that it's all right to do that. Like you yeah. have the right to do that as a male. No. Right, they create yeah. music surrounding that too. I, I believe one of his yeah. songs called "Good Day" that somebody highlighted. Obviously, haven't heard it, but somebody yeah. had highlighted that song. That, it, it, so, what I mean to say by that is that there's obviously a situation within the industry that needs to be addressed, that needs to be reformed, and people's mentality needs to change because it's not okay on yeah. any level. Yeah, no, I agree. It's fucking terrible to see that, you know, shit like that is still happening to this day. Um, uh, and it, it's just adding more fuel to whatever, the, like, so to all the shit that's happening in the world right now. Uh, it's uh, very disheartening to hear that, um, that the community. And here's the thing is that. All of these thing, all of these artists or celebrities are basically, uh, they are who they are because of the communities that they serve. Yeah. You know what I mean? They make music for our community, the Punjabi community. So we decide whether they become a celebrity or not. And you know what I mean? So it just feels, uh, it, it's it's hurtful, you know, yeah. be, be, to see shit like that happen. Um, but uh, that's terrible, man. I, I feel really bad for uh, the women that were involved in this. And um, I'm seeing on Twitter that a lot of women are now exposing uh, whoever has done them wrong. And, and that's a very strong and powerful thing to see. Uh, so props to the women that are out there on Twitter sharing their stories and and exposing uh, their predators. Yeah. Um, so shout out to shout out to those women for sure. Um, where are we on time? I think it's a good point, place to stop right now. Yeah, uh, we, I mean, we can go on for a little bit longer, but I, I, I think at the end, I just want to say that um, you know, as a as somebody that grew up in this country, I moved to this country when I was thirteen. Um, I was born in India. I was raised in Kuwait. Um, I never really lived in India, so I never felt like that was home. Uh, living in Kuwait, we were second class citizens. I never re- that never really felt like it was home either. Uh, moved to America when I was thirteen, and. You know, I, I've called this place home for for since then, 
basically, uh, for the past, what, how many years is that? I don't even fucking know. How old am I? Almost 20 years now. (laughs) Um, But um, when I moved to this country, uh, there were two very distinct cultures that really made me who I am. And that was my Punjabi Sikh culture uh, and black culture. Um, So I owe a lot of who I am to uh, black culture. And so for me, it's been very, very disheartening to see the situation right now in the country, to see the injustices happening in front of our eyes. You know, watching those videos like everybody else and seeing those images like everybody else and reading those tweets like everybody else, it is is extremely painful. Um, And I feel obligated and indebted to black culture so i I feel like uh it's my job and my duty and my responsibility because i partake in black culture because i take from black culture you know i i i listen to the music i i wear the clothes i i use the language i um you know try and do the dances (laughs) um (laughs) uh I partake in the culture I take from the culture so it's my it's my duty now to show them that I am not somebody that just uh, takes but also somebody that's willing to stand with you and fight with you right. and, and I hope I, I, I don't say that to big myself up I say that because I hope that when you listen to me talk about that that you take a look at your own life and if you're out there listening that you take a look at your own life and realize how much of black culture you consume how many black athletes you look up to uh, how ma- how much black music you listen to how much black culture you take in and if you um do take in and utilize black culture as much as I do, then now I feel like it is your turn also to show up and and to show your solidarity and to fight alongside the black community. Um, My brand is built on uh, a lot of what black culture has contributed to the world. And um, so uh, we are going to do as much as we can to to make sure that we show our support to the community during yeah. uh, you know during this fight uh and and i know it's not going to be just today it's not going to be just tomorrow it's not just going to be this week or this month or this year this is an ongoing fight and this is an ongoing struggle uh and um, you know anybody that that's that's uncomfortable because of that needs to check their privilege and needs to check where they're coming from. And, 100%. And, and, well said. And and so, yeah, that's that's all I'm going to say there. If you want to say something at the end. Uh, I just want to say... If you don't, that's fine. No, I do. Uh, I, I, first, I want to say well said. Uh, I think at the end of the day, right, it's about becoming an ally and becoming an ally for uh, the people that don't have the voice or their voices are being heard right if you right. have a voice if you have an opportunity to speak if you have an uh, opportunity to represent these types of people that take advantage of that opportunity right that's the, that's the best way i can say and if there's anybody out there who agrees with what we're saying let us know right or anything that we've yeah. said that has been our opinion on, on the way things have been going down tell us and if you disagree yeah. let's talk about it i want to have a healthy Please. conversation with yeah. somebody 
100%. And, you know, let's tackle it. Uh, you know, I've, I've tried to be as open-minded for, and, and try to be like kind of playing devil's advocate throughout this whole situation. But the thing is, no matter how you try to look at it, you can't unsee what's right and what's wrong. 100%, yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I think that's all I have to say. Yeah, that's all I have to say to uh, to everybody that uh, that's out there listening. I, I hope that you take some time out to show up. Um, I hope that you show up either at a protest. Um, I, I hope or you show up uh, virtually on social media and show your solidarity and uh, do whatever you can to do your part. Please donate wherever you can. There's a lot of organizations that are doing this work on a daily basis outside of the events that are happening right now that have been doing this work and are continuing to do this work, please, uh, if you have money in your pockets, donate wherever you can. Um, show up, show your solidarity. Uh, vote. Please fucking go out there and vote. Let's get Dick Stain out of office. Make sure Dick Stain doesn't stick around for another four years because I cannot take his ass for another four years. Uh, go out there and vote and have conversations with your family. Have conversations with people in your community. Uh, empower your community just so that they can stand in solidarity with the black community. Um, everybody that's out there fighting the good fight, please continue to fight. Uh, we are with you with you we are with you and uh we stand in solidarity with you and from the yap boys summit and um uh we just want to say black lives matter and, and that we're with you and we stand with you uh, and that's it ladies and gentlemen uh for uh thank you for joining for <laughs> thank you i can't even do the outro anymore right. thank you for joining us for yet another episode of yet another podcast your boys Summit and Tanmit, we're out. Peace. Peace. Classics. Classics.